Wise words of Kawhi Leonard. What it do, baby? What it do? We're back. Season one, episode three. Row one sports podcast. Giants versus Jets. Week one, preseason edition. And we're happy to be back today. Obviously, we'll start us off with our usual sponsor, the Drip Kit. Never fit in. Always stand out. Quick note on the Drip Kit. Uh, we're going to be sponsoring an event at the Hedge Club in Southampton on Saturday. Hope we can see a bunch of our fans and followers out there. It's going to be a pretty fresh night. For sure. Looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, it's football season. we got the Giants on TV right now. Uh, we're in the third quarter. Not really watching anything too special. We're going to get into the to the positives and negatives, our thoughts and things like that. First, want to start off a shout-out to our boy Jake Carlock, who actually had a pick six tonight from Long Island. Hometown boy from Babylon. Love to see it. Hopefully he continues to do some good things and maybe finds a way on the 53. For sure. Um, also, we want to welcome all our new Twitter and Insta followers. Follow us on Twitter at Row1Sports1 and uh, hit us up on Instagram at Row1Sports. All right, yeah. Let, let, what do you say? We cut the bullshit. Let's, let's cut get, the BS for sure. Let's get into the, to the facts, what we want to see. Uh, obviously, leading up to the game, there are some facts that we want to touch on. Looking at Sterling Shepard right now on the TV screen, looks like he's ready to go. Uh, that thumb should not be an issue at all. Yeah, no way. I think when we found the, found out about the news before prior to training camp, we kind of thought it was a big deal. I definitely don't think it's going to be an issue. He's ready for week one, ready to go. I expect him to contribute immediately, pick up right where he left off next year. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. She- Shepard looks healthy. Listen, Shepard's going to be ready to go for week one. That's obvious. He was, you know, he's all amped up on the sidelines. Shepard's good. I wouldn't worry too much about Sterling. Um, Jabril had a really nice play, almost picked off Darnold um, early on in the first quarter. Ended up going through his hands, and the Jets scored. But, you know, Jabril, fought, he's been flying around the field, so Jabril looks really good. Yeah, another note on, on Jabril. He's got to make that interception. I'm not going to give him a, a break on that, whether it's, you know, preseason, week one, or, or, the, or the Super Bowl. He missed an opportunity on interception earlier in the game, and they came down and scored right after. It's very true, and we've seen a lot of number 21s on the Giants dropping balls. So Jabril, hopefully, you know, he's playing well, but, you know, we got to hold on to that interception next time, try to end that drive. Many more plays to come from For the sure. one. Uh, some other quick notes. So our boy Alec Ogletree, our middle linebacker, changed his number from 52 to 47. Do you know why he did that? Yeah, there was a statement released on his Twitter or his Instagram or whatever. He – uh Essentially said 52 has nothing less to, left to give me, and there was no real uh, true reason behind why he chose number 52. I think he chose 47. There was some, uh, some, some uh, thing that he put on his Twitter. I'm not sure exactly, but there's a, there's, there's a real reason behind it. So if you, guys, you know, if you guys care too much, go check it out. Yeah, I, don't, I guess it's going to be an adjustment watching number 47, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some other final notes leading up to the game. Looks like uh, Mike Remmers is back healthy, taking full team first reps. On the right side, yeah. Solder as well. So it's great to have both of our tackles ready and healthy going into the preseason and hopefully 
develop a little bit more chemistry. They're ready. I mean, listen, the right, the, ta- the left tackle, the right tackle, they're ready to go. It's obvious that everybody's healthy. Uh, they both had off-season surgery, like we mentioned last episode. But uh, it seems like they're going to be set and all ready to go for week one. Um, I want to get into a few game thoughts. Well, that's the goal here, right? we got to make sure that everybody's yeah. ready to go week one. Yes, and that's another reason why, um, you know, Shepard is not going to play. And guys who are somewhat banged up in camp, they're not going to play. we got to be healthy, healthy for Dallas and uh, – it seems like we're, 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 we're pretty healthy so far. So I want to get into a few game thoughts. Um, let me tell off, you. Let's, let's hold off on the Daniel Jones parade here. There was, another, there was another first team offense and defense that came out and didn't play very good. So I don't think we should just let that slide. That's fair. So, so let me touch. The, the Giants defense, uh, you know, last few years has had problems, especially against the tight ends. Um, you know, if Jabril would have made that play, it would have ended the drive and probably – put the Giants in great field position to try to go down and score. But, you know, Darnold, who's looks good. Listen, the team looks good. The Jets, the Jets look pretty good. Um, Jabril couldn't come up with the play, but the Giants, the Giants have some, some work to do on the defensive side of the football. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't be too worried about what the Giants did with the ones on their first drive. I mean, again, just to set the background about preseason, there's no blitzing. Yeah. Shermer's not coming up with a game plan. Sure. This is a completely new unit that we kind of just threw out there after training camp. So I'm not too sh- I'm not too worried about it that the Jets came and put seven on us. But listen, uh, you don't want to see any team in green come down the field and score seven on us. It's true. Not worried at all, um, offensively or defensively. Obviously, we're playing on offense without our little best player. Saquon was on the sidelines. And, you know, the defense is a relatively new unit. The secondary is brand new, playing in their first real life Young, very young, game. very young. Listen, I, and the Jets, the Jets love playing against us. That was that's like their Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl. That's I, like their Super Bowl. I, I agree, but listen, let, let me let me give some love to the guy who has been bashed, who has been berated on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Let me give some love to Daniel Jones. My man comes in with the with the first. With, they left him in with the first unit, which I really liked from Shermer. Listen, he understand that Eli Manning has taken. Every first team rep this camp, Daniel Jones has not had one first team rep. Shermer said, you know what? I see that. I'm going to leave him in with the, with the ones. And what did he do? Five for five, 67 yards and a touchdown. Jones looks sharp. He's poised. He's accurate. He has full control of the offense. Daniel Jones, listen, it's a small sample size, but Daniel Jones has a lot of promise and really could be a franchise quarterback for the New York Giants going forward. Do we feel a little turning of the tides and – all the negativity that's been that's been put on Daniel Jones' name, but listen, I will say this: I will I will play the other side on here. It's only one drive. Daniel Jones didn't prove anything yet. Yep. But if you're going to be on the negative side originally, and then use this one drive as 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 fuel to his positivity, I don't think that's fair. I you, don't. S- you start to creep back a little once you know when you bash a guy who was picked so high and you know controversial pick at at, at that, obviously. But when you bash a guy like that and he goes out and succeeds and, and I'm not going to say dominates. Listen, it was against the second team or whatever. It's preseason. That's fine. There's no blitzing. We know. But listen, Daniel Jones looks sharp. OK? He looks poised. He knows what he's doing in the pocket. I, I mean very calm. Like listen, you want to bash him. That's fine. But now he starts to do well. Let's, let's get a little praise for Daniel Jones. The one thing that I would like to say if this podcast has any sort of influence on Giant fans – I, I don't want to watch Giant games this year with Eli Manning at quarterback and every single incompletion is going to be a boo bird. And then every time Daniel Jones comes in the game like today, 
they're going to go nuts off of crazy passes. Guys. Yeah, I mean, they, they really they were booing Eli. I think they were booing Eli already. Eli the- is the starting quarterback. There's not any more ways I could say it. Eli is our starting quarterback until proven otherwise. Yeah. Everything that Daniel Jones up, does up until next season is gravy. You know, that's just a positive. That's just a positive. You don't want to see Daniel Jones in the game. Do you guys not get that? If Daniel Jones is in the game, that means our 16-year, two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback is not playing up to his level anymore. So whoever's calling for Daniel Jones is pretty much saying, let's, let's throw it in the bag this year. I don't think the Giants have it. And that, you're not going to hear that from us this year because that's not what we believe. That's not what we've been saying for the past two, three weeks on this podcast. The Giants don't have very – they don't have a lot of weaknesses on the offensive line or defensive line or any position for that matter. So There may be a little giant bias in there. I wouldn't say that they have no weaknesses, but I do understand what you're saying. I, I definitely get it. Listen, Eli Manning, like you said, is the starting quarterback. I'm going to be the first to say if Daniel Jones is playing better and deserves to be the starter, that should happen. I, I don't want- When is he going to show that, though? You think that the preseason is going to be enough no- for him to, to be like, okay, he's the starter? I, I don't. But let me tell you something. If the Giants start off 0-3, the Giants start off 0-4, and Eli Manning is not playing well, there's some real, real – it's right. a real possibility right. that Daniel Jones will be starting for the New York Giants come week five. So Absolutely. all I'm trying to, to say and influence listeners is don't root for Daniel Jones to come in and play quarterback for us. You're just, you're just basically saying that you want us to lose games. To fail. Absolutely. We're not in a position right now as a football team to tank. We have too much talent offensively, defensively, on special teams, and in the coaching staff to just say, we want Daniel Jones. I've been saying this every single week. He's our backup quarterback. You guys are forgetting about what Eli Manning is going to be able to do behind this offensive line and Saquon Barkley this year, and I'm excited. So just to kind of recap on that statement, if if this podcast has any sort of influence, can we just all try to get on the the Eli Manning bandwagon? Because I know he's going to produce. Understand that we are rooting for the Giants, guys. We're not rooting for Eli. We're not rooting for Daniel. We're rooting for the Giants to succeed as a a football team. However that happens, I don't care who's playing quarterback. I'll throw the ball. Just listen. If the Giants are going to succeed, it doesn't matter. Whether it's Eli, whether it's Jones, it doesn't matter. As long as that the best guy is there – for, for the Giants at the quarterback position, that you, we should be happy with that. Right. Okay, so we're going to introduce another segment of the podcast, uh, the Player of the Game, sponsored by the Drip Kit. So I believe we're going to give the Drip Kit Player of the Week to... Daniel Jones. Daniel hey, listen, Jones I know came. we just hit on him, but... He but, looked drippy. He was just he was dripping. dripping. He was dripping. And I know Bruce Beck interviewed him, and he's cool, and he's he's poised, he's calm. Daniel Jones looks good. Um... I don't want to touch too much on Jones because we don't have. It was a very small sample size, but I, I want to kind of move in to, to positive takeaways. Thanks. Yeah, so l- let's move into the positive t- positive takeaways. We, we mentioned it briefly. Listen, the Giants right now, for the most part, through the first you know however long a training camp. Now it's the preseason. They're pretty healthy. You, I mean, Shepard broke his thumb, but the Giants are pretty healthy right now. Um, I, I also want to talk about the. Um, the, the sideline energy, Shep's going nuts, Saquon's going nuts, Ingram's going nuts. Listen, the team is hyped up. We're, we're a young group, but I feel like the team is much closer than it is last year. Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, you could see it on the sideline. Like, you see Saquon and Evan Ingram getting together, and you see Shepard and, and Russell Shepard after the touchdown. And I don't want to say that Odell had a lot to do with that, but this is Saquon's team now. He knows it, and he's running – this ship the way he wants to and you could see it 
through every position. They're a tight-knit group, and it starts now in training camp. And bringing back to being healthy, the best availability in sports, the best ability in sports, I'm sorry, is availability. Yes. And the last couple of years, even started in the preseason with the nicks and injuries in, in preseason. It, it really stunts the growth of a team. So I'm happy that we got out of week one of the preseason and most, most you know, the first couple of weeks of training camp healthy. It's great to see. Uh, but obviously there was a few negatives that I wanted to touch on that we briefly went over. The first team offense, the first team defense. I know we said we're not putting in game plans for them. Uh, I'm not too worried. I was just, you know, we haven't watched Giant football in months. I was, I was hoping to see some nice tackles, some nice plays, and the Jets ran, they threw, they blocked better. Yeah, I mean, like obviously we mentioned in the, uh, for the positives, listen, the, 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 the offense looked pretty good with Daniel Jones, but uh, the defense, to me, it, it's going to be a little scary, honestly. I, we don't have that premier pass rusher. We don't have, you know, proven guys in the secondary. We have guys who we like a lot, but they're not proven. I know Julian Love, I want to mention, he, he let up. Yeah, tough day. tough day. Listen, he's a rookie. He was a fourth-round pick for us. Uh, really good in college, but, you know, let's not crown these guys starting corners and starting safeties right away. Julian Love had some problems today. It was a few blown coverages that uh, I think he went for a touchdown. That one yeah. go for a touchdown. That, that touchdown on, on Crowder was all based on Julian Love and – Baker was next to him. Basically, it was a pick play. Yeah. Baker got picked. Julian Love's guy was wide open. It happens. For the most part, that, that play is pretty much almost unstoppable in the, uh, in the red zone unless a flag's called. Really. You know, come to think of it, that was the exact same play that, that Shermer, Shermer yes. that we spoke, spoke on last week. And maybe that's another thing that we could mention about Shermer. I mean, he's pretty spot on with, with, with the practices that he was drawing up. Yeah, I know. Shermer had that interview right before the game started. He's like, listen, we're just looking to get better. Um, I really, I know we mentioned it before. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to harp on it too much. But Shermer, I love the way I love the way he just handles himself. I love the way he handles the team. Uh, he's he's to me, he's, he's a, I'm a big fan of him, and I really think he's going to do wonders for the Giants uh, for the Giants going forward. All right, let's touch on some other players. Obviously, we know we gave Daniel Jones the drip kit player of the week for, for being sure. the drippiest. But what do you think about our guy DeAndre Baker? I know we speak very highly of him on this podcast. Uh, looked pretty well tonight. Yeah, he did. He had that. Um, I think he had that. Uh, that pass interference. I think it was challenged and it, it was uh, accepted. He had a pass interference penalty. I'm cool with that, though. It's cool. Listen, he's a physical corner. He's a. He's he's a. He's a tough guy. He's fast. He's smart. Um, you know, the defense was good. I think it could have went either way. I will. I will. You know, I think Shermer could have even thrown his flag to see if it was actually pass interference. You know, that's a thing now. But listen, Baker looks like he has all the tools, like we mentioned last episode, to be a successful and a really successful corner in this league. Um, you know, let's you know lay off the hands a little right. bit, just play a little more defense. Side and- note on those challenges for the for the pass interferences, I think the NFL messed up on that. I think it's going to cause some serious serious issues throughout the league. I think there's going to be multiple games this season that are decided by a pass interference penalty. And I think it takes the ref out of the the refs out of the game. It takes a complete element, the human element, out of the game. And I'm not a fan of it. I, it's a new rule. Maybe I'll, it'll start to grow on me once the Giants get some breaks. But the Giants never get breaks, right? So I don't think it's going to be like that. Yeah, I, I, there's there's two sides to that because listen, you want their, the human element to come into it. Of course, you want the refs to be able to make the calls. But listen, the call has to be right. You know, you, I, I mean, listen, if there's an opportunity for the refs to get the call right. There's two sides to argue. Like, you know, should we let the refs just handle it themselves or should we let them go back to the review booth and get the call correct, you know? Right. Well, NFL is a what have you done for me lately type of league. And obviously there was the whole incident in New Orleans at the championship game and 
that's why we have these rules today. All right, but back back to the Giants, back to the important stuff. Dexter Lawrence looked the part today, just like I thought. His presence is immediately felt on the defensive line, p- pushing the pocket, made a few plays in the run game, uh, was coming off the field on third and long. Which is expected. Yeah. I, I don't think a guy 6'4", 340, hey, listen, he came off the field at Clemson a lot, um, probably going to play, play upwards to 60, 65% of the snaps this year. Um, in Clemson, he did come off the field, but I don't think a guy who's 6'4", 342 pounds is going to be playing a lot on third and long, you know, third and eight, third and nine, third and ten. Yeah. Um, he needs got to save that energy for the first couple downs. Unless it's third and short, he'll be playing. But listen, he looked good. Um, there's more so with Dexter. It's, it's more so um, the actual presence of him being on the field than the actual uh, statistics. Yeah. It's very, very similar to Snacks Harrison. Uh, you know, the sacks are not going to be there. That's obvious. I mean, he may be a better pass rusher than Snacks, but we'll see. But just his presence, his overall presence on the field is is very obvious to to the to the eye, obviously. So yeah, that starting defense. Oh, it looks like we got a guy down right now. It looks like it's our running back. Yeah. All right. Well, well, starting defense. Obviously, we started with Golden Tate. Uh, Marcus Golden uh, on the edge. Yeah. Next to Dalvin. I think actually Dexter, Martin too. And Martin, Martin too. played the other side. Yeah. So that's our defensive front. Looked pretty good. Wasn't able to produce any pass rush for the most part. But listen. No, we right. played a, oh, a few few series. I'd like to see a little more out of Lorenzo Carter. Let's touch on Lorenzo Carter because he's been a popular guy that we spoke about on these podcasts. Didn't really produce much today. But listen, it's the preseason. Just want him to be in the game, get some reps, stay healthy, and just get better every day like Shermer says. Yeah, I'll tell you. Listen, O'Shane's menace, X-Man, he, he, he didn't get home, but – I mean, he looks fast, man. Jeez. He, does. he, he does. really does look fast. He's going to be a, a, a big part of what the Giants do on defense this year. I mean, that's obvious, really obvious. Uh, Tay Davis was flying all over the field, too, making a bunch of plays. Yeah, he made a nice stop in the backfield, I saw. He's, uh, listen, we talked about it last, last week. We, we predicted Davis is going to be the one, and, uh, well, the other inside linebacker, which is, you know, that's what's happened so far. Um, Connolly, listen, he made some plays, too. Uh, you know, the game's on right now. Obviously, he's been making plays all day. He, he kind of flies around the fields, and he's fast. He's physical. I, I really like Connolly. He's going to be a really nice uh, he, depth piece for the Giants. He blew up a great play in the run game yeah. uh, earlier in the in third quarter, and I was, it was great to see. I was like, who who made that play? <laughs> and it was honestly – it was, it was like Connolly. Clay Matthews? I think the play of the game was probably that Russell Shepard slant from Alex Tanney. Yeah. And listen, I mean, it's pretty much a given that Russell Shepard was going to have to have a spot on this team. Yeah. But I want to see him. I want to see him produce. I mean, he has to listen. He has to produce with the with the way our uh, receiving core is, is banged up right now with Tate's suspension and, and Shepard's injury. We, we're going to need a third guy because you know you got to assume Klatz is going to be the second guy right now with uh, Golden right. Tate out. But right. we're going to need a third guy to really step up for us. And and Shepard's the hype man of that wide receiver room. And I love that. I like, love we it. Needed, too. We lost that with it. Odell. Odell obviously always used to hype us up and stuff, but. Shep kind of is, you know, filling that but role. But if he's going to well. talk to talk, he's going to have to make some plays. You know, he's going to have to be a wide just, receiver. He can't one. just talk and, and not make plays and not make catches. Yeah. In important parts of the season. Yeah. Also, another guy we uh, we predicted is going to make the fifty three as a sleeper, Reggie White Jr. Uh, I think he had a couple catches today. Nothing crazy. Listen, if you if, if if you could play solid, uh, you know, if you could play solid at the receiver spot right now when we're banged up, you have a solid you chance of making spot. the team. Yeah, he's got the size too. Yeah. Uh, we got down on the goal line uh, earlier in the second half, I believe, and we threw him up a fade route. Yeah, it didn't work, but just to have the ability to run a play like that in the goal line, kind of like a Hakeem Nix, Plexico Barris type guy, or even Larry Donnell, 
not guys who are overwhelmingly successful, but just to have a body type like that to kind of diversify the receiver room will be very, very important. And that's, that's why I predicted Alonzo Russell on the team. So, yeah, those are kind of a key individual performance um, one by one. But obviously as a team, we're going to have to produce. We're going to have to play a lot better. Uh, as the wide receivers go, we're going to have to put a group effort together. We don't have big names over there on the receiver room. We obviously have to fill Odell's shoes. Shepard's hurt. Coleman's not going to be there. So we're going to need guys like Russell Shepard, Cody Latimer, Alonzo Russell, Reggie White Jr., and then Golden Tate when he gets back to make it a group effort. Just yeah. like just like the offensive line. The offensive line has the pieces right now, but it's going to have to be a group effort. Totally agree. Um, for next week, there's a few things we'd like to see. Um, listen, we want to see more of Eli. I know the boos were coming in when he threw, he threw two passes. Relax. Everybody chill out. I, I want to see a lot more Eli. I think, what, second, second preseason game, you figure you see – a quarter? Maybe a quarter. Maybe a quarter. If we could get a quarter out of Eli, see how, see how his arm looks, see how the offense moves with him. I, I, I and don't... Eli feels Daniel Jones right now. Oh, he game. has to. He has to. He has the, to. the crowd is going nuts. But this man. is why we drafted him. It's a two-part plan. Yeah. We drafted Daniel Jones to be the quarterback of the future, but we drafted Daniel Jones to put the, his foot on Eli's neck. Yeah. Because there's a guy behind him who you guys all saw today that is more than capable of being an NFL quarterback. I think that's obvious. Now, listen, as we said, it's a small sample size, but Daniel Jones looks good, and, and he's real, only going to light a fire under Eli just to, to try to be better because Eli will not – I promise you guys, Eli will not hold that starting job for long if he is not playing well. That's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. Uh, obviously, we didn't have Saquon today. Really not much to say about Saquon. I mean, we know his skills. We know his ability. We know what he brings to the team. Uh, just be nice for the fans to come and see him. Maybe break out a run next week. This is no one can really catch him. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Well, yeah, I mean he runs at about 130 miles an hour. But I'll be honest with you. I don't expect to see Saquon in the preseason at all. Honestly, really? you're seeing it more and more with the stars not playing. I know. Listen, he's only a second year guy, but you know you see Julio Jones is not playing. Obviously Zeke with the with the holdout girly. Like, listen, the stars are not playing, especially at the running back position where the workload is so heavy, especially for, for the star running backs. Um, oh, I think there's a touchdown. Was that T.J. Jones? T.J. Jones just scored a touchdown. Okay, don't think it's going to matter. We don't, see you. don't think he's making the roster. <laughs> I don't know. Laletta just threw a touchdown. Oh, wow. And look, there's just everybody just hyping him up. So we love that as we, t- we touched on before. But um, yeah, I, I don't think Saquon is good. I don't see a reason for him to play in the preseason. He, we all know what he's capable of. I, I don't see a reason for, for our stars to be playing, honestly. Another uh, opinion I have on the preseason, I brought it up today. I think that the Giants should give their fans free preseason tickets. I don't think you should have to pay to go to a preseason game. I think it's a, a, a nice perk that the Giants would be able to have, and I think it would do a few, a few things for us. One, it would fill the seats, so it would feel like a regular season game. Yeah. So now there, there's fans in the seats that, that, that want to be there. And two, why would the Giants charge... Twelve, five, six more bucks. money to go see guys that barely play. Right, and, and coming from people who who enjoy going to the games, and it's not really an economical reason. I just think it, it would be a nice thing to do for the Giants to be able to have or at six, least one game. Sixty thousand fans. It, listen, it's our treat. Training camp's free. What's the difference between a training camp practice and a preseason game besides where they're practicing? Right. I mean, listen, the preseason game doesn't have huge turnouts, which. And I definitely get what you're saying. It may be tough uh, economically, but but I, I understand. I think maybe one game free would would be cool, and it would get a lot of a lot well, of people. Well, there's only to come two. Out. That's what I'm saying. And especially 
against the Jets and the Giants. They they play together every year. You would think they would cover. Why don't they just say, listen, one game's going to be on us. It's never been done before. I'm not saying it's going to work out. But I think it would be nice to see 60,000 fans go to the game. Like today, I had so many people text me that they were excited to be at the game. I know my cousin was there. A couple of my friends were there. Yeah. I like seeing big big crowds of people go to games. I, I it makes I the team play better. I don't like the fact that people need to spend $350 to go watch a giant team that hasn't even been good. Yeah. I, I agree. Well, getting back to, to what we want to kind of see next week, we want to see more of a pass rush. Listen, we mentioned uh, uh, O'Shane Zimenez looked, looked fast, looked good. Um, Got to get home, obviously. Lorenzo Carter also looked fast but hasn't gotten home yet. Um, you know, limited snaps, obviously, but we'll see. We're, we're going to see those uh, those guys be playing more next week. BJ Hill probably too. Um, you know, let's let's try to get some sacks going. Honestly, the Giants the Giants are yeah. The Giants need some sacks. Let's be honest. Let's make some plays. All right, that's the that's the front end of the defense. I'll, I guess I'll take the back end, the secondary. Yeah. Uh, we spoke very highly of the secondary, expecting a lot of big things out of that that unit. Didn't really see much today. I saw Jack Rabbit. He actually played a little extended period of time. I think he was in. Maybe three, four series. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to get the guys comfortable playing with each other. That's what preseason's about, you know? Yeah, let, let's just see some plays. Yeah. Ex- it, it's been too long, uh, but we understand where we're at as a team. Preseason is, is, is learning. There's going to be mistakes. People are going to flash. People are going to get cut. I still think we're going to make some more roster additions. Very possible. Very I still possible. think there's a piece or two that Gettleman has under his sleeve that he might bring in to compete. Yeah. Um, and that, that's where we stand from a Giants standpoint. Now, speaking of, well, you know, we're trying to move away from the Giants standpoint. I know we have a lot of Jets fans that always, you know, harp on us that we're biased. Okay, probably true, but whatever. Let's give the Jets a little love. Listen, we're a Giants podcast, but we're going to try to keep the bias out of it. Sam Darnold looks good. Let's be honest. He's going to be a really good player in this league, in my opinion. Um, you know, you could debate the Barkley-Darnold thing all you want. We got the better end of the deal, but whatever. Listen to episode two. We explained that very well. Yes, very well, very clear. But Donald, listen, he's going to be really good for the, for the Jets, and I'm, I'm happy for them. Listen, they've, they've suffered for, I don't know, 60 years. But um, yeah, I it's like – It's all about Donald taking that year two step, yeah. which a lot of players are going to do. Most of the rookie quarterbacks that are drafted high for the most part really do take that step, honestly. You look at Goff. Uh, you you look at Wentz. You look at Trubisky. Like these guys are – It's know, really every position. I mean you can look at the running back position. Look at the jump that Christian McCaffrey made from year one to year two, or Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Or or even Zeke. I mean, Zeke struggled with suspensions, but you could see how much more dominant he was last year as a runner. And we're expecting opposed, that from Saquon. And that's that's what it's going to lead into. Yeah. I don't know how Saquon could get any better from last year from his twenty one hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns. I don't know either. But if he's going to do it, it's going to be in year two. And it's going to be damn scary. And um, that's why that's why I'm so confident in this team. <laughs> yeah, me too. I agree. Listen, when you have a, a good offensive line and a good running back, you can win football games. That's that's just how it is. Um, also, I want to touch on the Jets receivers briefly. They got a nice little set of receivers. You know, they got Anderson. They have Quincy Anunwa. They signed Crowder in the offseason. Scored Nothing, on us today. Yeah, he did score on us today. He's more of a shifty slot guy, but. Nothing that's going to wow you, but just a solid set of guys that can probably get the job done. I don't know if they got any 1,000-yard receivers, maybe Anderson this year, but definitely guys that, uh, that could get the job done. You know, they Also, they have Bell. Um, their workhorse. Yeah, their Bell workhorse. Bell didn't play today. Load management probably. Yeah, same thing with Saquon, obviously. Like I said, I predict Le- Le'Veon Bell to have a great, great season year. statistically, yeah. but I don't expect him to play 16 games. Listen, he hasn't played 16 I mean, he, he rarely plays 16 games, whether it's a suspension, whether it's uh, injuries and stuff like that. So I don't expect him to play 
play six, excuse me, play 16 games either. But um, listen, when he's on the field, he's a top three, four, or five back yeah. in football. So I want to move to some fan questions. We got some more fan questions. We appreciate the love that you guys have been sending us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, David Lerner asked us, "Will Odell have a huge career going forward? He's an incredible athlete, or will he continue to get injured?" I think you'd probably want to take this one. Yeah, this is my dad. Yeah, can't can't avoid the Odell talk no matter no. where we go, though. It's unbelievable. Listen, Odell. I think he is going to, unfortunately, elevate his career outside of New York if he keeps a level head, which is obviously going to be the most important part of his game is is being mentally there. Uh, He has a load of talent around him in Cleveland. Let's be real. Baker Mayfield looks like he's on the upturn. He could be an unbelievable quarterback. He could throw 35, 40 touchdowns, and he could throw 15 to Odell. Yeah, future superstar for sure. So he does have an incredible talent. The sky is the limit for him in Cleveland. And if he avoids injury, I think ultimately he will improve on his career. I mean, it's tough to – I mean, he was literally on pace to break all of Jerry Rice's records in New York. But now I think scarily enough, I think he might be on a higher trajectory. Yeah, it's very possible. I Listen, I, you know, you hate to see – you check Twitter and stuff and you just see Odell catching touchdown after touchdown. And it kind of bites you in the ass as a, as a Giant fan when you see your guy uh, that you traded away kind of dominate training camp. But I, what did you guys expect? Like he's, you know, if he's not the best receiver in football, he's two. If he's not two, he's three. So uh, listen, it's, it's nothing new. Odell, as long as he stays on the field, he's he's going to dominate for years to come. Anyway, good question, David Lerner, aka Dad, one yeah. of, one of the biggest Giant fans out for sure. We, we see you. Uh, next question is from Twitter at Giants Dreaming wants to know. Who's our sleeper to make the 53-man roster and who's a surprise cut? Great question. Yeah, that is a really good question. We appreciate that, bud. Um, our, I feel like our, our sleeper to make the 53 is Alonzo Russell. Um, we mentioned briefly, you know, Russell Shepard probably solidified his spot tonight with that long touchdown. But Russell, listen, the Giants, as we mentioned before, the Giants are banged up and, and we're going to need that receiver depth with Tate out and Shepard banged up. Like, yeah, I think Russell has a really good shot. I know he had a few uh, few catches tonight, but – yeah, Russell, Russell Shepard, in my opinion, is going to uh, – excuse me, Alonzo Russell, in my opinion, is going to make the 53. And our surprise cut, I said it last episode, BJ Goodson, man. I, I, just, I just don't see him being able to stay on the field for us. And the way Tay Davis and Conley look tonight, we don't really need him, to be honest with you. I don't think the Giants are, are too concerned with, with cutting BJ Goodson. I, I haven't heard a lot of talk about it. This is just my opinion. But if he's not healthy – He's, he's useless to us, no? I mean, you also got to remember, B.J. Goodson is one of the few guys that's part of the Jerry Reese regime. Uh, Fourth-round pick out of Clemson. Wasn't an unbelievably talented college player to begin. Uh, but if he's not going to stay healthy, if he can't stay on the field, he doesn't fit the mold. Yeah, I, I, listen, the Giants drafted an inside linebacker, fifth-round pick, uh, Conley from Wisconsin. If he, if he plays good, I don't see a reason for the Giants to waste a roster spot on B.J. Goodson, who's never healthy, honestly. Yeah, I could definitely see him being on the chop block too. Yeah. I don't want to see it because no. I know that he's a talented linebacker. But listen, if you're not going to be healthy on a on a position that's already weak, we don't need you. We'll find a rookie who could probably do your job just as good yeah. and play 16 games and help the team grow. And we don't we don't need a guy like BJ Goodson. Unfortunately, don't want to see it. Um, but that's the national football. But he's our he's our surprise cut. We yes. both agree on that. Um, another question at Scooch ESM. Thank you for the question. Um, he asked, without Tate, what receiver will make the biggest impact? Right. So that's got to be our guy Klatz. 
Cody Lattimore, it's time for him to step up. Also, without you know, he said you know, uh, Shep's not included. So either way, we're going to choose Klatz here. Right. Uh, he's got the size. He's got the speed. He could run all the routes on the route tree. So today he caught a decent long ball from Jones. He could run the intermediate routes. He could use his size in the red zone. Uh, short game, medium game, obviously the long range. Um, he's the guy that could be the jack of all trades, and he's going to have to be the leader in that receiver room in Tate's absence and kind of give Shep the the second hand because you need two receivers. Of course. You need two receivers who could do two different sorts of things, and his game complements really well with Sterling Shepard. So it's really up to him right now to literally maybe catch like six, seven balls a game, try to get 100 yards here and there, and get in the end zone consistently and be a real piece of the Giants receiving team. Yeah, I totally agree. You know what? He's actually going to return kicks for us as well, which is a big part of the Giants. Always struggle with that. Um, listen, he's been Eli's favorite target, you know, obviously with um, with Shepard sidelined and stuff for the most part. But he's been Eli's favorite target in camp. And he's a, listen, he's a good player. He's nothing, nothing great, but he's a guy that's going to really need to step up for the Giants. Well, yeah, he's part of the another group of guys that it's t- if the Giants want to be a good team, Cody Latimer is one of the key guys that need to step up. They can't continue this level of play right. and continue to get to the playoffs. Yeah. So this is why Cody Latimer on the offensive side of the ball needs to play way better. He needs to take two levels up than last year. And we know we ha- we know that he could do it or yeah. else he wouldn't be here right now. He made plays for us last year in the preseason, made plays for us in the beginning of the season, unfortunately got hurt. I think he had that. Did he have a season-ending injury? Well, no. Then he came back in the back end of the oh, season yeah. and still played well. Yeah. So Cody Latimer has his chance right now. He's healthy. He's got all the tools he needs around him. Odell's gone. Cody Latimer, to answer your question, it's your time to step up, sir. Fourth question we got on Twitter from at Talking Giants. Thanks for the question. He wants to know, who has a better chance at the Pro Bowl? Jack Rabbit or DeAndre Baker? So I'm going to hop on this one. Listen, everyone's like, you, you jump on this one right away. You're like, oh, well, you know, that's stupid. No, it's really not stupid. Um, listen, you see rookies dominate as, uh, you know, you see rookies dominate as rookies uh, for the most part. And uh, a guy from a, from a big-time school, almost a pro, t- uh, pro school, DeAndre Baker's going to be a great player for us. That's a guarantee. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say a guarantee, but it's close to. But you know what? I think the Giants are going to be a well-improved team this year. I think we're going to see the Jackrabbit of old, and I really think that that Jack, to keep this simple, is going to be – if someone's going to make the Pro Bowl, it's definitely going to be Jackrabbit over DeAndre Baker in my opinion. Right, yeah. I, I agree with that. I would love to see the competition. I'd love to see both of them get to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. But listen, Jackrabbit's been there before. He's been, he's been a Pro Bowl corner. He's been a Pro Bowl corner. He's been an all-pro corner, second team. Uh, how about we say DeAndre Baker makes first makes the rookie team? Yeah, I would love that. Oh my god, I would love to see that. Him and Dexter Lawrence, I would absolutely. And those I'd are the expectations, thrilled. right? Coming out of the SEC, top corner in the draft. Yeah, he should be. He should play 16 games against the second best receiver on offense every single week, and get better every single and week. and get better every single week. Totally agree. Great questions, guys. Yep. Keep the coming. Keep the questions coming in. Obviously, we want to know what you guys think. Uh, we believe that we can answer the questions as best best to our ability. What's next? So, hmm, so the NFL is a big league, right? Yeah. But, but we like to focus on the teams that concern the Giants most, obviously the NFC East. Uh, there's a little bit of controversy right now in Dallas, per usual, surrounding their best player, Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously the contract debacle. Should we pay him? Is he worth it? What's his value? We don't really care about that. We just want to know if he's going to play week one against us. <laughs> I hope not, but listen, if you're the Cowboys – 
listen, the Cowboys are in a weird situation right now. Listen, they traded for Cooper. They traded a first-round pick for Cooper last year. Zeke, for the most part, they own Zeke's rights, um, I believe, for the next three years. It might be more. It's definitely for the next three years because they have the ability to franchise tag him for two straight seasons. So Zeke is trying is holding out a little early for that deal. But listen, he's the best player on the Cowboys. He's the best player the Cowboys have had in a long time. You got to pay the guy. Without him, I think the I think the Cowboys are, are are way less scary than they are with whoever their backup. I don't even Alfred Morris they just signed, but who's a solid player. But I, if I'm the if I'm the Cowboys, I'm doing everything in my power to make Zeke the highest uh, paid running back in football for sure. Let's let's get his contract settled around week, week two. two. Week two, yeah, yeah. So Zeke is is a tricky issue. I mean, obviously you got the off field issues every single year. There's just sometimes with with guys like that. It's like, you know what, you just got to bite the bullet and pay him. Like, I, I get – listen, his off-field issues are bad, but there hasn't been anything Kareem Hunt-esque, uh, Tyreek Hill-esque. But in terms of value, Zeke, right now, he's worth every penny that Todd Gurley is worth and more, especially with the way Todd Gurley's injuries yeah, are. Uh, he needs to be the highest paid running back in football. I don't blame him. But you got to wonder what the Cowboys were thinking – Bringing in their three best players on contracts at the same time. It's tough to pay these guys. I mean, there was a report saying that the Cowboys offered Cooper, Dak, and Zeke both contracts that would make them the top five highest paid players at that position at the at once. Which is fine if you're Prescott or if you're Cooper. Not if you're Zeke. No. He doesn't deserve to be a top five paid running back. You could just franchise him. He needs to be the highest paid running back. In football, yeah, 20. until proven Upwards, otherwise. I think what's Gurley at fifteen, sixteen million a year. I or is it, was, it more? I think 18? it was higher. I, I don't know the. Exact it doesn't matter what the number is, but if you're Zeke Elliott and you're his, his agent, who's by the way the same agent as Odell, yeah. you have to get you have to get top dollar for him, especially as a running back. Your career could end or at least be altered at any moment. Zeke, I don't blame you, man. Go go get that money. Yeah, no. So Gurley, Gurley's making fifteen million a year, uh, four year, sixty million dollar extension. I don't think I, – I don't, I don't imagine that, that Ezekiel Elliott's not looking for at least $16, $17 million a year. Maybe you, know, you want to argue he's better than Saquon. I disagree. But if he's not the best back in football, he's most certainly number two. And uh, definitely, definitely pay him for sure. Yeah, what, do you so, th- what do you think about Dak in terms so of contract? It's, it's tricky. So in the NFL, what you get paid does not at all determine how good of a player you are. It's just a matter of timing. So Dak right now is in a position where he was a fourth-round pick, wasn't expected to be this good, has took his team to the playoffs consistently, wins games consistently, and because he has done that, he must be paid. Now, the flip side of that is his stats are not that good, and we know that individually he's not that good of a quarterback. But that's not the thing, though. The thing is in, in the National Football League, you do not need to be the best. You don't need to be even top five to be paid the highest for the most part. It's very positive. Now, Dak's not going to set the market for a quarterback because I, I think Rodgers has the, has the, the bar right now. Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson is making uh, infinite amounts of money with his new extension. But, but he's going to be top five to seven, and he's definitely not a top five to seven quarterback. It just goes it, – it, it's just about how the market plays out. I mean, yeah, you saw the, the highest paid quarterbacks in the league right now aren't – they don't make the playoffs. We saw last year it's like Matt Stafford didn't make the playoffs. Matt Ryan's in that list. Wait, uh, did Rodgers? 
Rodgers is one luck. These guys are all high paid quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean luck was luck was great. Like, right. the, the Colts were good last year, but for the most part, the the guys that listen, you have a the the, the rookie window for the quarterback is when teams have the the ability to win the Super Bowl for the most part, and which is the Cowboys. Which right. is the Cowboys because they have the ability to pay other guys with that salary. So yeah, I mean the cow. I don't know. I think the Cowboys are in a really tough spot financially right now, and that makes you think: Why did you go out and get Amari Cooper when you know that he's in the same draft class as your two top priorities, and now you got to pay all three guys at once? It's hard to keep on to to three guys, and yeah. I don't know what's what's Amari Cooper's value. He's going to want to be the top five highest paid. Yeah. Receiver. Oh, oh, I would think Amari Cooper's looking. So Michael Thomas just set the market. With uh, a, a five-year, hundred million dollar deal with you know incentives and stuff or whatever, but I would say Amari Cooper, he's definitely not getting that. But you got to think he's getting seventeen, eighteen million, no? Yeah, I mean, whatever number Amari Cooper gets, uh, he doesn't t- terribly scare me. I sort of say. I mean, he's a very good receiver. In the yeah, NFL. top ten or no, twelve, I don't, maybe. I don't think he's even that high. Yeah. Amari Cooper. I mean, we could go through them, but well, that's for we'll another save that time. for another time. Yeah. Anyway, just to touch on the Cowboys situation, it's a pretty it's pretty confusing right now, and who knows if they're going to figure it out? I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but I don't think between Cooper, Dak, or Zeke that they're taking any hometown discounts. Uh, I mean, that's I don't obvious. blame them. Zeke's in Cabo with Mike Shula. Obviously, he's not taking a hometown discount. Listen, Cowboys need to pay up for Zeke. Amari, I would pay him too, but. The number's got to be right. I'm not giving Amari Cooper $19 million. Sorry, guys. But what are you going to do? You can't let him walk. You already gave a first-round pick for him. Yeah. No, I agree. So I, the Cowboys essentially already played their cards. Yeah. They, I guess they have to pay him. They have to pay both of them. I mean, listen, you got to take care of Dak first, no? So what the Cowboys are essentially doing is they're paying top dollar for players who are not premier players in the NFL. Besides Zeke, yes. I'm saying for their quarterback and their receiver, you're paying a top 15 to 16 quarterback in Dak – who can win, but skill-wise, he's towards the middle to bottom half of yeah, the league. Yeah, absolutely. And you have Amari Cooper, who could, who's a very good one-on-one receiver. He could score. He could do it all. But he's not in that top class of Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Far from Antonio it. Brown contracts. Yes. Um, but that's the Cowboys. Don't need to talk too much about them. We'll see them week one. Yeah, let, let's try to stay in the NFC East here. Um, I don't even want to talk about the Redskins, which, by the way, Dwayne Haskins threw a pick six tonight. I don't know if you care, but I do, Eric and it makes Flowers. me happy. Eric Flowers had more, had about three holding penalties, also makes me happy. Um, I want to talk about Wentz. What, the, the Eagles this year, to me, are scary. I don't know if they scare you as much. I think you mentioned to me that you're not as scared as the, uh, of them. I think that the Eagles are going to be a really good football team this year. But what do you think about Wentz staying healthy? Like, this guy had... He has shown that, for the most part, he's injury-prone, no? I mean, when you play three seasons, when you play three full NFL seasons, and two of them are plagued by injuries, I think in the football dictionary, that's injury-prone. I agree. Listen, if Carson Wentz gets injured again this year, and listen, we're not going to wish injuries on anybody. We hope he's healthy. We just hope the team stinks. Um, If he gets injured again, the Eagles are in big trouble. I know they let Nick Foles walk. I always said I would have probably done the same thing. I don't think they had much of a choice. But if he gets health, if he gets injured this year, the, the, the Eagles are going to have big problems. They're going to have really big problems. Um, and that kind of leads us to the last thing, like uh, the last thing in the NFC East at least. Why is everybody counting the Giants out? Like I know we're trying to stay unbiased here, but like it's not like these other guys don't have fucking like – 
like problems. Like other teams have problems. It's not the Giants aren't the only team that have problems in, in the NFC East and the NFL. Like, listen, the Eagles. The if the Eagles quarterback gets injured, I mean, like they have enormous problems. If Dak Prescott is not paid, if Zeke Elliott is, is holding out, they have problems. The Redskins. I, Jesus Christ, they got. I mean, they got past problems. They got issues all over the place. So I don't know. I like. Why are the Giants being counted out right now? Like, why? I don't understand it. I mean, it goes to the fact that yes, we did lose our second best player in the offseason, Odell Beckham. We didn't play very well last year. But listen, the NFL is a week to week business, and I kind of brought up this point to our buddy Matt the other day because I was watching All or Nothing on Amazon Prime with the Carolina Panthers. And Graham Gano, this is how the NFL works, and it's funny. Yeah. He hit a 63-yard field goal Gut against the Giants Gut when we played probably the best game of our season. We were firing on all cylinders. Odell was playing. Barkley was playing. Landon, Snacks, everybody looked great. And we came into Carolina on a huge controversial week. That was the week with the Odell and the Little Wayne and the Wheezy Talk. And he hit a 63-yard field goal and completely ruined the dynamic of our season. Yep. And you know what he did after that season, which no one knows? Just Graham Gano. He didn't hit a field goal Graham to save Gano his life. couldn't hit an extra point after that season, after that game. And that just goes to show you, like, the NFL is a game of inches. It could go any which way, any single week. And sometimes, if you start off hot, like I'm about to explain to you, the Giants could get going. I really think so. We, it's the second year in the system. You're going to see huge, huge differences in every single player this year. I mean, that's how the NFL works. You develop year in and year out. The Eagles didn't get good over one season when they won the Super Bowl, right? The Rams didn't get good in one season when, when they played and competed for Super Bowl last year. Player development. It's yeah. a player development league, and we have a new regime. Jerry Reese set us back a little bit. But listen, I'm going to keep saying it. I like what the Giants got this year. Let, let's try to move out of the NFC East. Let's try to move out of the NFC East. All I right. want to get around to the NFL uh, as a whole. I want to talk about some things that are going on. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it today. Duke Johnson was traded uh, to the Texans. You know, they had that problem. Baker kind of called them out early on uh, in, in uh, training camp when Duke Johnson requested a trade. He was traded. I guess that, you know, that's done in, in Cleveland. I think he's going to be a nice compliment to Lamar Miller in uh, in Houston. Um, I know there was some talks about Michael Crabtree signing with the Cardinals. Did you see that he signed with the Cardinals? Then Schefter reported that he, that he didn't sign with yeah. the Cardinals. That was really weird. So he's still a free agent, uh, you know, to my understanding. Um, maybe the Giants take a look at him. I think the deal when it came out, it was like for one year, four million dollars, something like that. I think that's not too pricey for what the Giants are looking for. Especially if they feel like they need more receiver help. Um, well, that's what the preseason's for. We'll get a good adjustment on who we think we need to bring in or leave out. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was Antonio Brown. Did you see that story in Hard Knocks? Yeah, he's what, got what's the deal with that? Frostbite. He went in this cryogenic chamber or well, something? Well, I heard that he was being Antonio Brown right. and didn't want to wear the proper shoes in the hyperbaric chamber or whatever it was. And now he has severe. Frostbite on his foot. How serious is that? His feet are, are destroyed, dude. Like, his, it's disgusting. It looks like he was standing out in the snow. And what you know about frostbite is you could literally lose feeling in your feet forever right. with frostbite. You would think a guy who's so good would at just taking be a, care of his body would just be like a little smart. Ah, it's pretty crazy. Listen, honestly. this is a huge problem 
for the, for the Raiders if he can't go. Could you imagine if Odell did that? <laughs> oh no, the Giant. The, I, if he oh, was in New York and they did, I couldn't even imagine the, the 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 New York media would just rip him to 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 freaking shreds, bro. I mean, I could kind of bring that back to Dave Gettleman. I could give him some more credit, even though I do that enough. Yeah. But does this make him look a little bit better as a GM for trading Odell? Because you could compare Antonio Brown's antics to Odell's. They're 100%. very, they're very similar. I mean, you remember uh, Brown had that that locker room incident where Tomlin called him out when he was on Facebook, Instagram Live in the locker room after was that after a big win, right? Yeah. Well, that's what happens. You I mean, li- listen, I know one thing: if Odell did that, and the Maras, the Maras would not be happy with that. Gettleman would not be happy with that. And no I guess one would be happy no one would that. be happy, and they weren't even happy with that. So I guess that's the reason, another reason why the Giants kind of got rid of. What Odell brought to the table, honestly. It does feel like a lot of the stress is relieved with Odell, that he's gone. Yeah, it also feels that Eli's not going to be so so entrenched in throwing him the football that maybe takes a little pressure off Eli, too. I, I totally agree. What did you think of Hard Knocks, by the way? Hard Knocks? Yeah. Love that show. So happy that it's back. Would you like the Giants What's to be the on Hard Knocks? What is it? <laughs> maybe that's Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, would you like the Giants to be on Hard Knocks? I know you I and really I were discussing would. that. I really would. But I know from an organizational standpoint, the Giants don't want to be on it. Well, they don't have a choice. You know that. Right. Well, maybe if we start winning some games, we right. might be out of the pool to get chosen. That's true. But yeah, Hard Knocks, great show. Really gives you a good in-depth look on what these players are going through every single week at training camp. John Gruden is a savage. Yeah. He's a savage. You hear that speech that he gave? I almost threw my TV off the balcony. I was I, I I went in my room. I put on my shoulder pads. I was in a three point stance. Don't I don't have shoulder. I went to Models. I bought shoulder pads. But yeah, no that uh, that speech that Gruden gave was really crazy. I mean, gee, he said he said I don't believe in dreams. I believe in nightmares. You know, he's, go go crush somebody's dreams. He's always been that like hard nosed type of guy. But yeah, I expect some decent improvements out of the Raiders too this year as a team. Yeah, they brought in some good talent. Had a bunch of first round picks. Yeah, Carl, Carl looks pretty good. Carl looks good. Yeah, David Derek Carr is good. Yeah. Is he that? Is he that good? He's when you say good, he's good. That's that's all he is. He's just good, not great. Uh, it looked like he was going to be great before that leg injury. That uh, I think he broke his ankle or something. Yeah, they won fourteen games. They also traded the best pass rusher since you know maybe LT. So I don't know how how well that that's going to play out for them. But we'll see. The yeah. NFL is a week to week league. I'm super excited for this year. Uh, like I said, I'm going to keep reiterating it. I think as long as the Giants do what they need to do in this developmental process of the preseason. We're going to start putting the pieces together, and it's a long season. It starts now. We are able to watch our first game tonight. We saw a bunch of guys flash. We saw a bunch of guys who need to start improving. Yeah, for sure. bunch of positives, a bunch of negatives. I think we're back um, August 16th. The Giants play the Bears, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, we play the Bears. It's another week, too. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's all we got for Episode 3. We appreciate you guys... Uh, Keep on showing us love. Hit us up on Twitter at Row1Sports1. Hit us up on Instagram at Row1Sports. And, uh, and we'll uh, be back yeah, next Hedge week. Club. Hedge Club. Hedge Saturday. Club, Southampton. Get your table ready. Yep. Get your bottles ready. Yep. Get your sports ready. Get your drip ready. Yep. I'll see you next week. Peace out.